0: Okay, we need to test this because something went super haywire. So what a surprise. When Brie tries to record herself, it doesn't work out. I recorded a really phenomenal 10-minute intro, and I went to play it back, and the audio was completely messed up. So yay, Brie. Go, Brie. You know, I think I spent a majority of my time on the podcast re-recording my own myself <laughs> yeah welcome to my life um, I'm so glad that I have an editor and that he is patient with me because I'm not very patient with myself especially this when it comes to re-recording things I get like so frustrated and yeah That's like my least favorite part of having the podcast is like having to re-record things that I already said because so much of the podcast I don't know if you guys know this it's not scripted so I say some really dope things and then I go back and listen to the audio and it's like scratchy or like echoey and I'm like great well I can't recreate that anyway um. What was I even starting with? Okay, I started with this whole bit. It wasn't even a bit. It was just I started with this thing that I've been doing on Sundays. Not that I expect people to notice because I'm not that self-absorbed. But every Sunday for the last since Easter. I have not been on Instagram and the what started this was on Easter. I was so busy. Like, I'm busy a lot of, like, almost every day. But on Easter, I was, like, exceptionally busy doing different things because I was cooking the night before. Then I woke up and I made a really great breakfast and then I had to cook green um, green bean casserole and I had to cook like all this food to take to my grandma's and I had to be there by noon and like when grandma says noon she means noon not 1201 not 1203 not 1215 she means noon so I had to be there by no- like I had to leave at like 11 30 to make sure that I was there by 12 and I was just like so I wasn't rushed but it was like I just had to get my stuff done And when I went to my grandma's, like it was a little bit chaotic because like there was a lot of people there and I was just not on my phone at all on Sunday. And then when I got home, it was like 5 p.m. I was so exhausted. I was like, I can't even pick up my phone. (laughs) I think I just watched a couple episodes of Friends and then made had some leftovers and went to bed and the next day I woke up and I felt so refreshed and I was like okay what did I do differently yesterday that I haven't been doing and the one thing that I picked up on was one I was super extroverted and like connection in general is very stimulating for me but two I wasn't on my phone (laughs) and so I was like okay let's experiment and let's try this again for the following weekend so I did that I wasn't on my phone all day the next Sunday. I woke up Monday and I felt the same, like I felt refreshed. And so I've been doing that every Sunday. And what it really does for me, and I don't, and I'm sure people can relate to this, is like when you're so used to creating content every single day, it's not that I ever feel like, oh, I can never, like I'm going to stop creating or I'm going to like max out on my creativity. I never feel that, but I do get like, I feel, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like a candle that, (laughs) what am I even trying to say? Like it just, you don't, I don't feel as like enthusiastic about creating if I do it too many days in a row. Like I kind of get a weird creative burnout. And I think by like, Not by saving Sundays as like I'm not consuming content, I'm not creating content, it just feels really good. And it's like when I get up the next morning, I'm like 13,000 percent. Okay, I don't know where I'm getting my statistics today, but like let's just roll with it. I'm 13,000 percent more excited to create content the following day. So That's just something that I've been doing. I don't know if anyone wants to try that out and tell me what their thoughts are about that. Um, But I'm really seeing the benefits of it. And so I've been doing it every Sunday since Easter, which is like a month ago, right? Yeah. Anyway, that's on that. Um, Today's guest, his name is Austin Beals. And we met on Shaper. And I know I've talked about Shaper a bunch, and this isn't sponsored by them, although it sh- they should be cutting me a check because I've been talking about it so much. Like, <laughs> really, really, I can send you my accountant's address right now, Shaper. Let me know. Um, <laughs> I'd love to do a sponsored post with, with you. But Shaper has been responsible for so many of my collaborations, for clients, for friends even. It's a really cool app. It Basically, the way that I describe it is if Tinder and LinkedIn had a baby. So it's like Tinder in that you can swipe left or right if you want to connect with someone and you also fill out like your profile. But it's like LinkedIn in the sense of that it's specifically for networking. So it's, there's no like romance involved. Not that Tinder is like the hub or the mecca for romance, but I think you know what I mean. Like basically it de- if you, depending on what you're looking for, if you're looking for mentors, if you're looking for clients, if you're looking for work, if you're looking for investors, that is the place to be. I really, I recommend this to every single client. I'm like, get on Shaper and start networking. Networking is like, is key. I'm not even going to get into that, but that's where Austin and I met and we connected and we started chatting and we kind of use Shaper in a different way. Um, he uses it to connect with people who are locally and I use it to connect with like, I don't really care where any, where people live. Um, I just like to connect. That is, I honestly like the source of my life is connection. Not saying that Austin, Austin's isn't, but he uses it. I think he's trying to, and he's even expressed this to me, like really build a sense of community with where he lives because he's new to, the city that he lives in and I think that that's so smart because I know when I moved to a new city I was like a recluse and I didn't have like any friends for three years and that was like really hard for me so I think what he's doing is pretty kick-ass so Austin is an email marketing specialist which I'm super excited to have him on he's extremely knowledgeable you guys are going to be blown away so basically, he helps businesses increase the revenue through email marketing. And he also has a company called um, Email Marketing Power Up, which essentially does the email marketing for businesses. So we talk so much about this, of, about email marketing, why email marketing isn't dead, how to utilize it, different platforms, all of these different things that I feel like a lot of people don't talk about. And I know that in the coaching and healing um, an expert and writers and authors, writers and authors, same thing. You know what I mean? Like email marketing is a huge missed opportunity for them huge. So many people are not focused on growing their email list because they're like, well, I just need clients. I need clients. I need clients. And they're like on Facebook and they're on Instagram posting, posting, posting every day, but they don't have an email list. And I honestly swear by an email list. Austin and I talk about this. I don't think I would have a business if I didn't have my email list. I don't even want to think what I would be doing right now if I didn't start my email list from the day that I started my blog. Um, And I didn't even use my email list to sell for the first year. All I did for the first year, well, I didn't even have like a business idea (laughs) at that point, but all I did was provide value, provide value, provide value, provide value for that first year to my email list before I even Created a course or anything. So I've made this intro way too long. As always, you can find all of Austin's links in the episode description. Definitely go check him out. Ask him any questions you have about email marketing. He is one of the coolest guys ever. Like, I feel like he's so open and receptive to questions, which I think is so powerful, especially in the online space. Um, I think he's a great resource if you, ha- if like I said, if you if you haven't started an email list or maybe you already have one and you're just confused on which direction to take your content in or your your email marketing in, he is definitely the, the, the best person to ask in my opinion. So with that said, let's go ahead and get into it. I will be back on Friday with another episode about collaborating with blogs and podcasts. And yeah, that's part two of that series. So let's go ahead and let's get into it. Be kind, be well, be grateful. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Are we recording? <laughs> Wait, is this thing on? Seriously. Seriously. You're listening to Let's Get Into It, a podcast designed to help you in your life and in your business. My name is Brie Marie, and I'm your host. You might have stumbled upon my blog, livingbreely.com or taken one of my online courses, or maybe you're just learning about my work for the first time. As a business strategist, course creator, and a seasoned blogger, I've had the opportunity to sit down with number one best-selling authors world-class experts, coaches, healers, and other online entrepreneurs who are super excited to share with you their stories, learning lessons they've had along the way, and how they continue to strive on making an impact in our world. Each week, I want to bring you two episodes full of tangible and actionable steps to inspire you to have an impactful, sustainable, and purpose-driven life and business. So let's get into it. So Austin is an email marketing specialist. So explain to us what that is exactly.
1: Yeah. So essentially I kind of come in and I help clients identify, you know, what emails they should be sending and, you know, even going into the emails they're already sending out and how can we tweak those and improve the messaging to essentially increase the open rate and increase the click-through rate, and just improve the performance overall. So sometimes it's taking a look at the emails that are in place already, but most of the time there isn't much of a structure in place, and so I kind of help look at the big picture, and we say, hey, what are the emails that should be here? What is the, the journey the customer is going on, and what messages need to go out at each point of that journey? And then we just kind of you know, brainstorm and get the right branding, the right messaging, and bring it to life.
0: I love that you call it a journey because that's exactly what it is. I think from a reader's perspective or like a potential client's perspective is it is kind of like an unraveling process of like, okay, who is this person who's in my inbox? what do they want for me i think people are sometimes a little skeptical of email marketing like they're yeah. like what is that
1: so totally. well like anything it's like a relationship you know it's just you know if you like a romantic relationship it comes in stages you know you don't meet someone on on an app or in person for the first time and say hey you want to get married it's like they're they're shocked by that they'll they'll probably run away. um, And rightly so, you know, but it's this kind of gradual, you build trust, you get to know each other. And email is just kind of, it's one of the great ways to build that relationship.
0: Yep, absolutely. And I actually heard this and I always forget where I hear things, but it was something about, you know, on Instagram or Facebook, I think it's like less than 1% of your followers actually see your content but if you have their email address like your click through rate i mean i think mine is i want to say like or not click through but my open rate Mm -hmm. i think is about 17 to 20 percent on most of my emails so it's like 20 percent of my email list which I have more on my email list than I do on my Instagram, <laughs> like are yeah. seeing what I'm saying. So I think that that kind that's of like great. gives it a healthy perspective of like I think so many people think that email marketing is is something that's antiquated or is dead. <laughs> sure. And like,
1: yeah. Yeah. And
0: it's it's really not. So explain no. to us. Let's back up for a second. So explain yeah. to us what email marketing
1: is. Sure. Yeah. Essentially, it's reaching out to people through the inbox. It's getting in touch with them through one of the first digital means of communications. You know, it's really stood the test of time. And like you said, I mean, it it may seem antiquated, but the reality is the data says that it is still one of the most prevalent means of communication, you know, for about 55% based on the last study I saw, 55% of people, it's the first thing they check in the morning you know, when they get up either on their phone or on their computer, they check their email. And that's it, was, it came in higher than social media and search. And so it's like here we just see on a daily basis people are using email. And from a, a revenue and, and business standpoint, you know, about uh, 66% of people, this was a couple of years ago, um, so it, it could be higher by now, but 66% of people have made a purchase through an email offer. Compared to at the time of the study, it was only about 20% through a social media post or social media offer. And so right there we see people are engaging with the email on a daily basis and they feel pretty comfortable purchasing through the email.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many times even just for myself that I have bought something because I get like, oh, you get 20% off today or free shipping. I am a fiend for for free shipping. If you give me free shipping, I'm like, I'm there, I'm buying, I'm showing up, take all my money.
1: You're like, I don't even need (laughs) it. I just love the fact that it's going to come to my house.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Like I will, I would rather do free shipping than like 10 to 15% off. Like that's my (laughs) whole thing. But I mean, absolutely. I completely agree. And I know even, you know, from just, I obviously have had email marketing since I first started my blog. That was like, I debated on even starting an email list and mm-hmm. thankfully I had someone really push me to be like, just start it like now. Cause you really, you just want to start <laughs> building that list. Yes. Um, and I know even from people, from clients that have hired me, they're like, I've been reading your emails for a year and a half. So there's already wow. this like rapport, this connection That's that right. they have with you before you even sell, I mean, I didn't sell anything for the first year of my mm-hmm. blog. So before I even was selling anything, it was like I was establishing that connection. That's and right. Even for people's emails that I read, it's establishing that connection as well.
1: Yeah. Love that. Yep. Giving value and building trust. I say those are like the two elements of a good email series. Do you want to give value, whether that's through, you know advice that you're sharing or it could be a discount you know or maybe a tool or software you've created but you know for most of us it's just it's advice it's it's sharing our expertise and so you know giving that value and then building that trust and that's often through the social proof that you can share as well so testimonials maybe stats on results that you've gotten for people and, you know, just and maybe even it could be uh, if you've got media attention, if you were in a local, you know, news spotlight or uh, interviewed on a podcast or, you know, or whatever you can do to kind of say, hey, you know, this is to, to kind of show that other people are also vow- you know, vouching for you essentially. And so I think right. those are kind of the two, two elements of a good series. And it sounds like that's what you've been up to.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Tess, I love that you brought up, you know, social proof and client testimonials because it's such a turnoff for me when I see other coaches, business people, influencers, whatever, when they just talk about their own accolades. Like, there's nothing more mm-hmm. cringeworthy to me when I see that. <laughs> I'm like, oh no.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and and yeah, I mean, I think having a client write a testimonial for you or exactly what everything that you just said. I mean, I'm not going to (laughs) go and repeat it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's so important and to be able to show your list. And I think the other point, uh, you know, that I wanted to bring up of, of how it's different than, than social media is when you post something on your Instagram or you post something on Facebook or Twitter, it's everyone can see it. Right. Mm -hmm. So you can see like the interactions, you can see who's liking it. Versus like when you're sending something to someone directly into their inbox. And I mean, there's, you know, little codes and things where you can actually put mm-hmm. the na- their name and everything. Yeah, in that,
1: yeah personalize which perfect. it.
0: Um, it I, I feels special. Like every time I see Marie Forleo's name, in my inbox, and it mm. says like, "Hey, Brie. I'm like, "Oh my God, Marie Forleo just."
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: I, I kind of get super. I get super excited, not kind of, but I get mm-hmm. super excited because I'm like, she is sending something to me personally. Granted, I know she's not, but I when I first read that, that's like my first inclination. Absolutely. And so I think it brings this like personalized touch to to an open way of communicating with your audience.
1: You're totally right. Yeah. One of the superpowers of email marketing is its ability to segment, you know, to get personal. And it's, it's really great. You know, you combine that with automation and really some, some cool things, you know, can happen. Uh, Like for instance, I'm working on a campaign now for an e-commerce brand and essentially, you know, we're setting out, how do we get people to keep coming back and, you know, make them the, you know, my, my, client, the go-to source, you know, for them. And we just really want to roll out the red carpet. And so I'm creating a, a campaign, a, a trigger that as soon as someone purchases for their second time, they get, you know, an email and even you can automate a, a, a postcard. There are certain uh, companies that you can integrate with your online store that will automatically send out a postcard based, you know, after it's triggered, a certain event uh, but at the very least an email saying hey thank you for coming back like we appreciate you we want to send you a free t-shirt so reply to this email with your shirt size and you, you know and we'll we'll mail this out to you and you know that, that it just feels like that's not going out to everyone you know you're not emailing every customer giving them a free t-shirt right or you know or whatever but you can say like hey after someone purchases two or three times just to those people we want to roll out that red carpet, you know, for them. And uh, I love,
0: I love that. I think, you know, email marketing and just emails in general, like one, it tells the company so much about the person because there is data Mm -hmm. embedded and depending on which email marketing company you use, Um, I don't think that's the right term. Email.
1: Email marketing, uh, email service providers. Yeah,
0: thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I mean, they collect the information granted like the, the person has to allow them to do that but there mm-hmm. is so many demographics where you can see like where your audience if there's like a state or a country it's going to break it yeah. down and it gives you just so much insight into who your audience actually is which absolutely is amazing and it's bringing that personalization again i think as business shifts i mean it's already really shifting to more mm-hmm. online i think People are getting really creative in the way that they're still giving that small business
1: kind of touch, touch you know, to, to yeah. their,
0: to their business. And I think that that is absolutely fascinating and I'm really excited that that's like still happening.
1: Yeah. And just to touch base on the, you know, using data, just another example. And this is something people in the service industry can look at as well or really, I mean, anything, but, you know, if it's high ticket or possibly a service offering uh, another client. So we're setting out this, uh, this email campaign, but they've also got a sales team, you know, people who, so aside from marketing, they've got business developers and these client managers. And so, now we came up with a plan recently where we'll send out this email campaign but then what we're going to do is we're going to pull a list of all the people who opened that email to so say if mm-hmm. you know the industry average is 20% open rate we'll take those 20% that are probably most interested and we know they've at least seen one touch point from us so we'll pull that list of people who have opened that email and then we'll send that list to our sales team and now they've got their list their to reach out to. Exactly. Those are their leads. And they reach out and say, hey, you know, we sent you this email. Uh, you know, we saw that you opened it. And, you know, that, that may sound creepy, but I think people are so used to it. They know that data is, <laughs> is out there. And, you know, so it's not as creepy as maybe it used to be. Um, right. so just reaching out and saying, hey, saw that you opened the email. Wondering if you had any questions on what you saw. And yeah, right absolutely. There, integrating marketing with sales.
0: So is there a niche or niche or anything that email marketing isn't good for? Or do you feel like it's it's everywhere, like in every <laughs> yeah. company can use it?
1: That's a great question. I think it is equivalent to saying, is there any niche or industry that a website isn't good for?
0: Mm. I love that.
1: Yeah. It's where, you know, what industry or niche would not benefit from ongoing, respectful, valuable communication with your audience?
0: I actually don't know why I didn't even talk about this, but when I was in recruiting, I was a recruiter for three years and I actually worked for a web marketing company and I was recruiting for their sales team. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: we were looking for a way. Okay. Like sales teams just kind of naturally inherently have a high turnover. Like you're talking like six months to a year. Like we were always recruiting. And so yeah. we would, Oh, we were always sourcing. We had to source about f- 25 to 50 can, um candidates per day. Like that's a lot. Whoa. Yeah. That is a lot. Like just to give some <laughs> did perspective. Did your work it out for you? I did. And we, there was only two of us. So it was Whoa. like a lot.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and we were looking at different ways. And this is like where I realized like, oh, I really love to work on processes because we had a recruiting process. And so it was like literally from start to finish from the from the time you got their resume or you found them on LinkedIn to the time that they were actually hired. Like what was that life cycle like? And part of actually the recruiting process that we were looking at doing was utilizing an email service provider like MailChimp to mm-hmm have an automate, autom- why can't I speak today? Automation of, <laughs> of emailing potential candidates and kind of walking them through a process. And so it was so weird when I started my blog and started my business, how so much of what I learned about MailChimp came full circle. Cause that's currently yes. what I use.
1: Yeah. So that's I great.
0: mean, I wish that I had the knowledge that I have now with Mailchimp because it would have made my job so much easier <laughs> as a recruiter. But yeah. even, I think even, I mean, it's it's kind of all across the board. I think companies are finding ways to utilize email strategy as a way to target candidates, as a way to target customers and anyone else that you're really looking for. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So it was pretty, pretty interesting. So how if, I mean, a majority of the people who listen to this podcast are other entrepreneurs or working on the online space, it's maybe not all of them, but I mean, I think it's good knowledge for anyone to know, like, okay, when you sign up for your old Navy mailing list, like this is what's happening on the back end. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but for someone who is an entrepreneur, let's say they've never even thought about using email marketing. They're like, I use Instagram, I use Facebook. I'm in the DMS. Like I never use email. <laughs> yeah. how should they, how can they get started?
1: That's a great question. Uh, I, and I don't want, I'm, I'm conscious of saying that's a great question after every question, but <laughs> I, I do think that is a solid question. Uh, yeah, I think it's, and the great thing about email is that it is so synergistic with these other platforms. So if you're doing social media, email can fit right in there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for instance, okay, you asked about getting started, I would say the best best way to get started is I I usually recommend three different campaigns and three different, you know, automated series to create. And I'll kind of, I'll jump into those. um, But then, because I think it's important to first have those set up, but then to really kind of the beginning of the funnel is to create a lead magnet, something of value, you know, to give to your audience um, in exchange for their email address. But, you know, but if someone's just getting started, one of the best things they can do is set up a nurture campaign. So the three campaigns I usually recommend are a nurture campaign where you're turning uh, visitors into subscribers, you know, essentially and then subscribers into customers. So you're building that relationship they haven't bought from you in the past, but you're earning trust, you're giving value. And uh, so the nurture campaign, the onboarding, so new customer onboarding series And that's where essentially you are rolling out the red carpet for your new customers. And you're basically laying the framework for how the relationship is going to be like now that they've trusted you with their dollars. And it really kind of positions whether or not they're going to stick with you for a while, you know, is how they feel like they're treated. You know, if they feel like they've just purchased, they've just made this investment, but then it's just a ghost town, you know, they get a receipt email and then nothing, you know, all of us have experienced buyer's remorse. But very few of us as business owners are doing anything to counteract that buyer's remorse. And so there are things that we can do to help people, especially immediately after the purchase decision, to remind them of why they took that next step, why they invested And it calms the nerves, you it helps reduce buyer's remorse. Uh, One example is uh, I put an email together for a uh, CBD company. And it was essentially saying, you know, it came a day after they purchased. So first there was the receipt email, you know, the thank you and welcome to the community. And the next day, there's an email that goes out that says, three reasons why you made a great choice. And it simply reminds them of, the differentiating factors, you know, what are the unique selling propositions of this brand, you know, from the quality of the, you know, the concentration to the fact that a dollar from every purchase is donated to kids, you know, to the, um, the third one was the, the money back guarantee. And so essentially just reminding people, Hey, you are in good hands because when someone enters into a customer relationship, they want to feel secure. They want to feel like they can trust you. And so that's the purpose of that new customer onboarding. And there's other emails, you know, we can go into specifics of the types of emails that should be in these series. Um, But essentially the purpose of the new customer onboarding is to make them feel welcomed and supported to answer their questions before they even ask them. You know, so sending out an FAQ, um, that also looks like, you know, inviting them to engage on social media and all that. So that's the new customer onboarding series. And then the third series that most businesses can implement is a win back campaign. And that's essentially if someone hasn't engaged with you for a while and you know, for most businesses, that's anywhere in the, you know, 75 days, 90 days, 180 days. If they haven't purchased from you or, you know, ordered your service for a while is to have that campaign that goes out that says like, Hey, like we missed you. Like, I'd love to stay in touch. Um, here's, here's a discount for, you know, coming back, being part of the family, you know, we're better together. Uh, life just isn't the same without you. You know, you can really be kind of playful. <laughs> you know, you can, there's a lot of companies that even treat this as kind of like a, a playful, uh, almost like a, you know, are we breaking up? you know, kind of email, you know, like the relationship. And uh, so you can definitely get creative with it. And that win back campaign is essentially to bring people back, you know, into the fold to let them know that they are missed. And uh, yeah, so those are essentially the the three campaigns that people can get started with. Does that kind of answer your question?
0: here so thank you so much for spending some time with me today I totally know how valuable your time is and I love that you're spending it by tuning into this episode if you've been listening for a while or maybe this is your first time it would mean so much to me if you dropped a review or star rating on whatever platform you're listening on and if you really loved this episode and you know someone who um hint hint cough cough would love this episode episode as well and find it valuable please share it with them thanks again for listening and let's get back into it Um, no, I was going to say that with the Win Back campaign, I get um, those from like Grubhub. I've ordered from them a co- couple times. Mm-hmm. And so I'll get like every like 30 days, I'll get a thing of like, we miss you. Here's a $5 off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I can look at these new restaurants. So I d- definitely like once you start understanding this stuff, like you begin to recognize what, like how methodical and str- and how much strategy goes into email marketing. Yeah. So no, I really like that. So is there a particular like email service provider that you recommend? I mean, there's so many. So if someone's looking for an email service provider, I mean, you don't have to say company names, like we're not giving free promos, but like what should people look for when looking for an email service provider?
1: Yeah, there's, like you said, a lot out there, and most of them do very similar work. And, uh, you know, like you already mentioned, you know, MailChimp um, before, and they, I think they are a great company to get started with, especially because it's free mm-hmm. to get started with, you know, up to a certain point. Um, I think it's up to about somewhere in the 500 to. A thousand, maybe two thousand subscribers it's range somewhere. It's somewhere two
0: thousand. Oh, 2, yeah, because I just started. to have to pay for it.
1: So oh, hey, congrats <laughs> on par- <laughs> that's great. Thank you. <laughs> it's bittersweet. You're like it yes, is great, and now I gotta pay. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So that's a great one. I know a lot of people get started with Mailchimp because of that uh, extremely low price point of zero U.S. dollars. And so that's a good one to get started with. If you are, if you've got an e-commerce business and you have already got solid revenue coming in, you know, if you've got, if if you've got the money to spare, definitely, or the money to invest, I definitely recommend Klaviyo. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan. It's just it's the best email software for um, e-commerce businesses. Just the way that you can segment based on. Uh, you know, what someone, you know, a specific product that someone purchased and how many times. And there's just, you can go really deep into, you know, all the different aspects. And, and even if you don't have e-commerce, Klaviyo is still a great tool. Um, it's just a little pricier. Um, so yeah, but one thing I do like about Klaviyo is the fact that it's, and I, I alternate between Klaviyo and Klaviyo cause that's, <laughs> that's just kind of what people do. But, uh, yeah, everybody kind of mixes it up.
0: Kind of like a niche and niche.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yep. Those words. You know, what are words? Now we've just constructed these sounds <laughs> mean what we want them to. So yeah, so clavio clavio. one thing I do like that not all email service providers have, but is that you can A-B test an automated campaign. Mm. Um, so with most of them, so you can... Uh, a B testing. If if the, your audience isn't too familiar with that, it's sem- essentially. It doesn't just apply to email. It also applies to you know website optimization, uh, even you know Facebook ads. Or so it's essentially you're taking two different. Iterations or two different versions of a marketing message, and you're sending them. You're essentially splitting your audience in half and sending one message to half your audience and the other message to the other half. And you run them at the right. same time, and you're able to see which one performs better. And I you love can,
0: that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you can do that with email marketing. Uh, you can either test the the body, you know, the the copy in the email, or what's most common is simply the subject line. Because that's the most important part of the email, because it determines whether someone's going to see the rest of your email. And so, with most of them, like Mailchimp, um, definitely Klaviyo, Constant Contact, uh, you know, Aweber, there's so many out there. ConvertKit, you can uh, you can send basically the way that it's structured is you can choose, say, maybe 30% of your audience to be your A/B testing group, and then you come up with you know, we'll just say two subject lines. And 15% will receive subject line A and 15% will receive subject line B. And then it'll wait a couple hours and whichever one was the better performer, whichever one had the higher open rate, it will send that subject line to the remaining 70% of your list. Oh, and so that's awesome. It's great. Yeah, so you can accomplish kind of two purposes there. One, you're getting the highest open rate for that specific email send but you're also beginning to understand what your audience responds to and getting a feel for what kind of language they like so you can continue to you know just hone in your message
0: I think that's so important. I always say so much of business is like a giant scientific experiment. Like you really do have to see and test like what works, what doesn't work, what's resonating with your audience and what's not resonating with your audience. And the only way, I mean, of course we have like tools like the Instagram poll and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like you still, you could put out all the content you want, but if it's not like registering with your audience. Like, I mean, there could be so many different reasons for that. It could be vernacular, like it could be the what the actual context of the of the content is, all timing, all of those things yes. really matter. And I think to be able to like narrow it down, especially within email marketing, I mean ninety percent of my sales come from emails. Literally. <laughs> like right. without yeah. that, I would not like have a business. So I've never experimented with A-B testing. I know MailChimp does allow it. I think it mm-hmm. might be a paid feature. I'm not 100% sure, but... Maybe. Um, I've never, like, experimented with it too much because, side note, like, MailChimp, if you're not familiar with email marketing, has a bit of a learning curve. It's not... Yes. I wouldn't say it's the most user-friendly. Like, you... I agree. I, mean, I don't want to, yeah. like, scare people from and being like, oh, my God, yeah. like, it's too much. You'll get it. It's... You can send an email very easily, but I think when it comes to like lists and automation and like
1: fine tuning,
0: yeah, yeah, like you might want to hire someone like to come in and be like, am I doing this right? Especially Mm as my list grew, I started getting more nervous because I'm like, this is a lot of people, a lot of people's information, like what am I doing? I don't want to delete these people or like mess anything up. So um, yeah, that's a little side note, but Mm Absolutely. So we talked about how to get started, the different types of emails that are good to send out how important are like head like the actual subject lines of your emails
1: yeah re- really important you know like we talked about it it's the most important part of the email because if someone isn't enticed by your subject line they're not gonna click on it and they're not gonna read the rest of your email so the most important part of your email is that subject line and That's why A-B testing can be really helpful. So you can start to get a feel for what email subject lines tend to work better for your audience. In general, you know, there are a couple guidelines. I think the biggest one is typically you want to promise something in your subject line. Mm -hmm. You know, typically you don't want to just say um, our newsletter or, you know, open this email or, you know, or whatever, just something vague. Um, Sometimes putting something like open this now, you know, or whatever it can be like fun to experiment with. And you can kind of see how your audience responds, but usually you want to promise something. You want to let them know, Hey, this is what you're going to get from clicking on this email and reading. And then of course, in the email copy, you need to deliver on that promise. But usually saying something like, um, you know, seven, seven lessons about X, Y, and Z, um, or, you know, the, what I learned about X after Y, you know, after completing some project or taking an action or something like that. And so people know, Oh, okay. When I open this, I know I'm going to, like I mentioned before the, the, Hey, three great reasons, three reasons why you made a great choice, you know, after your purchase and, you know, you're that way people know exactly what they're getting, and uh, you know, like I often say, everyone's always tuned in to the same radio station, WIIFM. What's in it for me? Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they just they're like, we're just going through our lives tuned in, looking like, you know, for how does this benefit me? Like, what's in it for me? Why should I click on that? Why should I open right. it? And so, give people a reason, give people. You know, uh, a benefit to them, not just, you know, don't just make it about your company, but make it very clear what they're going to get out of it by opening your email.
0: Right. It's like you really want to be inside of your potential customer or your current customer's head. Like, what are they actually looking for? It's not about, like, it's not about you. I always say that to my clients. I'm like, it's not about you.
1: It's not about you. Stop. It's not Uh, about you. yeah your customer is the hero
0: absolutely (laughs) guide (laughs) so and I know we kind of already touched on this but just to kind of give our final thoughts here for someone because I've had this happen before with a client who was like I don't want to do email marketing Mm -hmm. like I'm against it I don't like I don't read emails when I get them Mm. I don't sign up for emails like I'm just That's not for me. Like, I don't want to be that guy, like the snake oil salesman Mm -hmm. in there, in people's inbox, like all of that. What would you, have you ever had that experience with a client? And if you have, like, what has been your, I don't want to say comeback, but what has been your
1: response to that? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's, you know, a valid feeling. I think we've all gotten spammed by email and over emailed by companies and gotten annoyed. And I think it's, it's the same thing as with any, with any tool. I mean, you can use it to harm or you can use it to heal Mm -hmm. and you know, it's, it's like a a hammer. You can use it to destroy, you can use it to build something. And I think email is kind of the same way. You can annoy people or we've already discussed your experience with Marie Forleo's emails. (laughs) It's like you, you look for that, you know, they bring a smile to your face and they add a skip to your step. And, uh, you know, it's like, we can do that with our audiences as well. And I think the biggest difference is, like you said, it's, it's, it's the, uh, we're tired of the snake oil, you know, salesperson kind of, uh, just where it's all about the offer. Uh, and there's no value given. And again, that's kind of, it's almost kind of like walking up to a and saying, Hey, want to get hitched? You know, (laughs) Hey, want to get married? And uh, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good. And so there needs to be that trust. And uh, I, I just think the biggest thing to focus on, if, if someone is hesitant about email marketing, I would say simply reframe how you see email marketing, because it's not just about sending out, you know, a, a, a plead for sales, you know, please buy something, you know, when you're trying to meet your quote at the end of the month, right. it's. The opportunity to build that relationship, to engage with your customer on, you know, in the place where they already are. People are already in their inbox. And so it's an opportunity to, you know, get to know them and for them to get to know you and for you to provide value to them. So I would just look at it as, you know, social media. It's, I just see it as another form of communicating with your audience and you get to decide how you treat that audience
0: i love that so i guess my final question and this is so random but not really but (laughs) how soon once you collect someone's email address through like your lead magnet, which we didn't mm-hmm. even get to talk about, but that's okay. Like I think yeah. that that's like <laughs> an entirely separate conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um. Once you've collected their email address and you have your, I'm assuming you're in that like nurture campaign situation mm-hmm. that you talked about, yeah. how soon should you start if you have a product, if you have a service, if you have a package or whatever it is that you're selling, how soon is too soon to start? pitching that product?
1: Hmm. Yeah. I, I'd like to see it as a, a transition into, so it's, I think it can start very subtle early on. And then after a couple emails, you know, typically three to four emails, then it, you know, you can usually just kind of blatantly say, Hey, this is, this is the product I offer to help solve this problem. And uh, there's lots of different ways that you can kind of position it. And gearing, gearing, you know, up towards that, heading in that direction to make that offer. But I'd say, you know, for most companies, it's yeah, right around that three, to, you know, three typically to four that fourth, more. maybe fifth email, um, you can make kind of a, kind of a more blatant offer. But again, it's all about how it benefits the customer. It's all about you know how you are impacting them. Uh, but there's also subtle ways to do it at the beginning. So even in your lead magnet. Um, you know, like I, I, um, with the, the CBD company, just to use them as an example, again, um, help them put together a lead magnet that was, uh, you know, the five mistakes people make when purchasing CBD. And, you know, it, it basically each one of those points and it is, all those are true and they should use that framework regardless of they choose this company or not, but it just so happens that this company meets all five of those, you know, standards. And so and then at the end, you know, we just kind of subtly say, hey, you know, if you're shopping around and you haven't found a brand yet, we just want you to know that we've met these standards. You know, we this is the, the quality that we um, believe is important. These are the qualities that we look for in products we use for ourselves and our families. And uh, so we invite you to give us a try you know here's a coupon if you want to try us out and so you can you, you can do that very subtly in the lead magnet itself and even in your first email maybe your ps says something like you know hey are you are you ready to get started quickly if so just reply to this email and say i'm ready and we'll begin a conversation on what that looks like you know and you can set up an intro call and um you know whatever so i i just think it's it, It should be gradual in the beginning. You can have these soft mentions. And then, as you build more trust and give more value, you can move towards uh, just more of an upfront offer.
0: Right. I love that answer. Because, yeah, I I get asked that all the time. And I'm like, honestly, I've always said it depends on what it is that you're selling. Like, I think if you're selling like a Mm -hmm. physical product, right? Like, your email offer or your opt in could be something like a 10% off coupon like clearly if someone signs up for that they are interested in buying like so you should immediately start sending them like the links and everything yes like you know especially for coaches or healers or whatever like Mm -hmm. you're asking a minimum sometimes of a thousand dollars up to like ten thousand dollars like you can't that's like the ultimate commitment it's a
1: bigger ask yeah it's a bigger
0: ask like you can't go in there and be like book your call with me and like you're pitching to an 18 year old college student who can't even afford in and out. Like
1: absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> your, exactly.
0: your words are lost. So mm-hmm. I think it really depends on, again, I think everything you said is so is so valid, but also depends on on, on what it is that you're using the email marketing for.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And, and like you, you know, said this might be a totally different conversation, but you know, the, it also, once you've got those higher ticket items, you know it offers the the question uh does it make sense to have a, a lower ticket item to get them started with mm-hmm. you, you know sometimes called a tripwire you know does it make sense to start them off with maybe a seven dollar um ebook or a twenty seven dollar course or something you know to get them um started and then because again, we know it's so much easier to sell to a past customer or a past client because right. you have earned their trust and they do feel comfortable with you. Um, but yeah, kind of a different conversation. But yeah, when you get in that higher ticket, often it it makes sense to kind of gradually work people up towards that higher price point.
0: Absolutely. Yay. Well, I'm so glad. I think there's so <laughs> much... Value in this podcast, and like so many little nuggets of information, yeah, so I hope good. people are taking notes. Um, but Austin, where can people find you on the internet?
1: Yeah, they can find me. My website is emailmarketingpowerup.com, and uh, like we've talked about today with like a free lead magnet, uh, they can if they want to, I've got an ebook. Uh, it's called Inbox Profits: Seven Ways to Make More Money from Email Marketing, and they can get that for free. There at the website, and uh, you know if they if they want to follow me, you know just my personal account on Instagram is just Austin the Beals. I try to post funny things, and so that's uh, <laughs> that's that's most of the content. Is I try to find that balance between humor and and wisdom, and often it's more humor than wisdom, but still. I fun. love
0: that. Well, I'm gonna include all of those links in the episode. Show notes. So you guys can definitely swipe up and find all of Austin's links there if you want to read his book, which is amazing that you have a little, uh, well, not a little, but (laughs) you have a book. (laughs) Um, That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today.
1: It's been my pleasure, Brie. Thanks for the invitation.